This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put it on. He's up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the college editor here at Texas Football. With me, as always, is Mike Craven in beautiful Austin, Texas. Mike, what's up, man? going on nothing much over here yeah and of course in the other room is mallory hartley everyone's favorite mal pal mallory hi hello hello how's it going are you not are you not working right now you're because last week you were kind of preoccupied with stuff well i've been uh we have a new batch of interns start this week so i've That's been true. preoccupied training them on what to do and and how to edit and stuff so they're they're they seem good so yeah about so that. far we'll see <laughs> Yeah, so far. Um, anyway, but uh, this week, you know, we got a got kind of a what can I say? It's May, you know, so we we don't have much news dropping. So we're actually going to start with a little bit of a, a kind of a fun topic in the back half of the show. We got some news up top, of course. Bama Texas time got uh, got announced. Mike Craven put out his put out some post spring FBS rankings for uh, for all the FBS programs in the state. But in the back half, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a little little mini draft. Um, I basically told everybody to pick an offensive and defensive player to build around heading into the fall. And, and this is mostly, you know, every year in the magazine, I think we basically ask something similar, right? If you're build, if you're building a team, which player in the state would you do? Would you choose? Um, this is more for one year, at least heading into this fall. So we're going to do a little little discussion as far as what people think. You know, who it kind of shows a little bit of insight is like how we think as individual uh, kind of opinionated people, but also um, creates a little bit more discussion, maybe valuing some players more than others, some positions more than others. Um, and I thought that'd be a pretty cool May activity. So uh, let's start with the headlines, though. Of course, game time uh, for Bama and Texas, which is one of, if not, I mean, I don't know, is it the most anticipated non-conference game of the year? In the state, I mean, I mean, it's one of in the country. I would argue. Yeah, one of them in the country. I mean, Texas Tech, Oregon is also that same yep. uh, weekend. Yep. Uh, Cal- Colorado TCU is a sneaky, interesting one, just because that's that week one. The, one didn't they get the, the Fox sleep? Yeah, it's going to get the big Fox noon treatment at, at yeah. eleven a.m. Uh, there in Fort Worth. So that'll be that'll be fun because of all the storylines. Not sure how great of a game that will be, and then. Sure. I'd imagine the G5 level, it's probably UTSA Houston is, is probably the biggest one in, in the state there. But yeah, Texas, Alabama, it's going to be two top 10 teams. It's going to be a heavyweight battle. Yeah, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Um, Carter put up a little write-up on TexasFootball.com. I mean, we saw what, how close it was last year, right? Texas fans are going to hold on to the, if Quinn Ewers was hurt, or if wasn't hurt, blank would happen. You know, again, they have a chance to prove it this year. They're going to Tuscaloosa. Um, Bama's going to be basically revamping we don't know what they're doing at quarterback there um it could be arguably texas's best shot <laughs> to, to to take down the king so um definitely getting the primetime espn slot's gonna be a big uh moment for that program uh and their early expectations which we're already you know expecting pretty big things um so 
that was the last bit of news to really drop. Let's go into a little bit of power rankings. Uh, Craven, you put out this article. Um, your post spring, you know, you visited 12 of the 13 FBS programs. Of course, I visited Texas State, but you can, you know, we discuss them often. You have connections there. You kind of know the pulse of every program literally from being boots on the ground. You know, just kind of like what were you looking at this piece as a whole? And again, you can go check check this out at, at textfootball.com to go check out his full rankings um, and why his reasoning is behind each of their placements. I guess like when you're putting this list together, was there anything in particular that you're looking for? Is it, is it just like, is it just vibes based, right? Is it just like, hey, this, the locker room feels nice, right? The 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 room feels, uh, feel, uh, there's feel good in the air. Um, or is it like more like, a, you know, what you saw at practice, you know, kind of a hard nose, like, man, this coach feels really confident, you know, or is it a collection of like all those things? It's probably all the above. You know, I'm a big believer in, in returning production. I, I think that the quarterback room is important, obviously, if the offensive line's old or if they're young. Mm -hmm. uh, how much is coming back defensively? I, I think the transfer portal is probably affected more defensively. I, I, I feel like transfers can make immediate impact more defensively than they will offensively. So what what are they bringing in there? But then also, yeah, it is just talking to the coaches, talking to the players and getting a general sense uh, of what the vibe is. The coaches are better at hiding it than the players. You can usually, by interviewing the players, get a good feeling of, of what that locker room feels like. And then you subtract two, right? Like right. like what what they, you know, it's going to be a little bit more optimistic in the spring than maybe it, it would be in the fall. Um, but with the power rankings specifically, the question I ask myself is, is where do I see them in terms of conference races? Mm -hmm. Right? Like how... Right, that right, a pound for pound type of lift. Like how if SMU, if I'm looking at SMU and AM, which one is more likely to win their conference? I know that that skews it a little bit against the Aggies because they're playing in the toughest conference. Uh, but that's kind of how I do this because there's no other way to make a list that has Texas AM and Sam Houston on it to be any any interesting uh, unless you do it that way. Yeah. No, 100 percent I think that 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 was a good way to look at it. I mean, that's kind of the mindset we have to take really entire like that's a kind of an editorial you know mindset we got to take really is like you know when we do compare all these programs like yeah you're not saying if if rice you know we do with the the the, the power pole where it's like if rice is ahead of AM, that doesn't mean that rice on the field is going to knock over AM. what it means is for respectively for their schedule for their context right rice may be in a better spot than AM right now um but yeah i i think a lot <laughs> Whether uh, purposefully or not, there are people who choose to not uh, abide by that. And right, they see somebody ranked. No yeah. matter how many times we emphasize that, no matter how many times we put it specifically right there on the graphic. Right. What do you, no one takes it seriously. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, it, it willfully or, uh, or ignorantly, they're just, they're just going to do it. Right. Where it's like, yeah, it's like, it's UTEP is like TC was like, oh, we're not going to lose to UTEP. It was like, that's not what we're saying. TC was a championship team. Like, where are yeah, you exactly. from UTEP? So, um, but, you know, I mean, like the perfect, the perfect example is in this power ranking list, I have SMU one spot above TCU. Right. Mm -hmm. I will pick TCU to win the Iron Skillet. Sure. But the but odds like will suggest that the SMU's got a better chance to win the American than TCU has of winning the Big 12. Right. Right. And also, like, it's one spot, too. 
Like it's not like it's not like right. TCU's eight. Right. You know, right. it's like right now looking at off season, you'd probably say, yeah, SMU kind of revamped their team and they're looking, you know, they brought in a lot of talent that wasn't going to be there elsewhere. And now they're looking actually pretty damn good also respectively for their conference. So, you know, yeah, that's not, it's, it, it is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, definitely go check out Mike Craven's piece on textfootball.com. Go uh, argue amongst yourselves because uh, <laughs> we're not going to really, uh, once it's put out, you know, it's, 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 it's what it is. And we're not here to, if you, if you want to have an intelligent discussion, sure, yeah, you know, go Maybe. for it. If you want to argue uh, for the sake of arguing, you know, go go find a buddy or something. Um, all right. Make your own list. <laughs> or that. Uh, don't send it. I want to see your list. Like if you – I'm not going to argue with you unless you bring me a list that you make, right? Because, I actually like that. Because, yeah. like, I, I know that there are people who watch more Texas A&M football out there than I do. There are people who watch more TCU football out there than I do, yeah. but there, that TCU person does not watch more AM football than me. And that AM, right. so like, I want to know, like, if you're going to argue with me about where AM is, I need to know why you would place them above the other teams. And I need to know that you're watching Sam Houston and UTEP and SMU and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I need oh, you yeah. to show your homework and then I'll, then I'll have a, a conversation with you. There we go. I like that. All right. Let's get into the fun half of this episode. And like I mentioned, every year in the magazine, I don't know if we did it this year, but I know in previous years, we've always asked our writers in the writers poll, oh, is there one player in the state that you would pick on your team right now? Um, and it's always, a, you know, sometimes it's a quarterback, sometimes it's not, safety, whatever, sometimes best overall player. Um, but I think it gives a good insight into like what positions people value around the media, our media friends that we typically ask. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, the whether it's the NFL or something, NFL values obviously quarterbacks, pass rushers, left tackles, things like that. Um, not everybody values the same thing equally. So I have a random number generator right now, and I'm going to say everybody pick a number between 1 and 100. I'm going to go with 26. Five. 100 is broad for just three people. <laughs> I don't care. I'm running the generator here. Craven has five. <laughs> I'll go. 99 99 okay so generating 81 so mallory picks first oh yes <laughs> i'll pick second and craven picks last and then craven will snake and then me and then mallory okay cool mallory you have the number one overall pick offense or defense does not matter you pick one player in the state of texas that you are building your team around okay um i think we'll maybe go defensive first Okay. Um, I picked Texas A&M defensive end Shamar Stewart. I don't know if that's kind of okay. a weird pick. Um, okay. Just because I think that looking back on last year, I think Texas A&M's defense was probably a little bit underwhelming, but definitely the stand standout position group on that squad and that unit was the de the defensive line. And I think specifically, uh, was he a true freshman last year? I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think he oh, was, was a redshirt sophomore, maybe. Redshirt sophomore. Okay. Well, he was he was a standout defensive end. Um, yes. So I think I'm going to build my defense definitely around that. I also put just the Texas A&M defensive line as a whole, too, just to build my defense around, too. So True. That's fair. I like that. Um, I, I like that because A&M is definitely a – I mean, we talked about the defensive line as far as like rush – defense and then kind of like the underwhelming performance there but when you look at pass rush and just like the overall upside yeah i don't think you can go wrong picking somebody from that unit i 
I'm going to go with a little bit of a controversial take, and Craven's probably going to thank me for this. I'm going with a quarterback that's not Frank Harris, and I'm going Quinn Ewers because I think Quinn Ewers is – people are going to ride him for last year, and they were going to – they pretended to say that uh, Arch Manning is going to push him in the spring. He was never going to push him in the spring, right? This is a guy who did not play his senior year of football. Again, for his own – for his own his own choice – Right. I'm not saying that it was it was like taken from him, his own choice. He did not play football for basically almost a year, almost two years, right? A year and a half, probably. And he comes in. You're telling me a guy who has not who did not play that for that long came in throwing twenty one hundred yards, 15 touchdowns, six picks, had Bama on the ropes and only got benched because of injury. Give me him with a shirt offensive line heading into the fall, right? Again, building him, building around him, obviously. And the office that I'm in, his phone's not ringing. Um, but giving, give me, give me him to build around because the talents there, arm talents there, movement in the pockets there. I think now that he's comfortable, as the phone keeps ringing as I'm talking, uh, give me some, give me a year of him being comfortable and settled into the college game. And I think that we're talking about a potential first round pick next year at the NFL draft. So give me him to build around. And Craven, I, unless you're going to shock me, I think you have your pick that you mm-hmm. potentially want. No, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely shock you. I took this, I took this premise as if we were getting them as they were coming in as true freshmen. I mean, either, knew, sure, sure. And, that's and, we, and we knew we could kind of build the program around them for three to, to five years. My, my yeah. offensive pick, my, my first round pick is going to be Kelvin Banks. Yeah, left tack- hoping, left, yeah, yeah. He left tackle at, at Texas. Um, I think the drop off from number one quarterback to number four quarterback not all that huge, right? If you give me Frank Harris, Quinn Ewers, a healthy Tyler Shuck, I'm good with any of those three guys. The the drop off from best left tackle in this state to third best left ta- left tackle in the state is pretty huge. Like Patrick Paul's yeah. right there, uh, maybe behind Kelvin Banks, but after that, there's a pretty big void. And you right. give me a future top ten. NFL draft pick, somebody who came in as a true freshman and played in week two against Will Anderson, and you didn't hear much from Will Anderson in that game, played against in a a week or two later, played against Tyree Wilson, and you didn't hear much about Tyree Wilson in that game, played against Will McDonald at Iowa State. The Kansas State defensive end that I can never pronounce. Yeah, uh, he, he played against. He played on. against. <laughs> right, he played against four about top sixty draft picks. Right, like top four top top two round draft picks, and sure. held his own at eighteen. So he's only going to be better. Uh, you probably only get him for three years, obviously. Uh, but give me a left tackle to build my offense around, and then I'll figure out the skill position players and stuff yeah. around that. And then if we're going, since I'm the snake, mm-hmm. and I get to get the next pick. Um, I'm going Josh Newton, cornerback at, at TCU. Yeah, um, foot, football is becoming more and more of a passing sport. I don't know who mm-hmm. I consider the best edge rusher in the state. Uh, Jadrian Taylor at UTEP is gone. And so, you know, is it Trey Moore? Is it Mason Richards? Is it one of the Texas A&M defensive linemen? Like Mallory said, I, I don't know. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think the best corner in the state, the best cover corner in the state is pretty solidified. And that's Josh Newton at TCU. Uh, if it wasn't for Hodges Tomlinson, he would have been, in the mix for the Thorpe Award, you talk to people at TCU, he was the better player. He's going to be the higher draft pick uh, because he's bigger and can play on the outside and not just nickel. So uh, I'll take Kelvin Banks, a left tackle, Josh Newton at, at cornerback and, and feel pretty good about those those top two picks. I like both those picks. I was kind of hoping that Josh Newton would, would be there for my defensive pick. Um, but yeah, that that's going to that's gonna mess my draft up a little bit. But defensively, Hmm. I'm going to go. 
All right. I got typically, typically I'm not a big, I'm very traditional, right? Pass rusher safety, like as far as like linchpins of your defense. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I'm going to go Jalen Ford from Texas. I'm going all, I'm going all Texas for this one. Um, Jalen Ford probably should have won the defensive player of the year last year in the big 12. Um, he was in, he was stellar. And this year he's going to be on a tear again. Like, I don't know what his draft stock's going to be, right? Is he's not necessarily the the dynamic Will Anderson edge linebacker. He's not necessarily the the absolute all American dynamite inside linebacker that's going to go sideline on the sideline. But he, for what he does and for what the college game requires, I think he's going to be. I, I think he's going to be incredible this, this year for for Texas, and I think he's going to go on a campaign that's going to make that discussion done and dusted, right? As far as like the best defensive player in the Big Twelve this year coming up. Um, he's a veteran presence. He's been there, done that. I would pick, I mean, again, it's, I guess it's like a good summary to say that how, how highly I think of Texas going into this year that I'm picking their quarterback and their defensive middle, line, uh, inside linebacker captain in Jalen Ford is my two picks. Um, yeah, this one was, uh, this one was a little tougher because right now, at least as far as I'm concerned, there isn't, there's a lot of like outside of like a Jalen Ford or somebody who's like a veteran uh, guy. There's a lot of unproven potential defensively in this state. I think there's a like especially at AM, um, who has a ton of guys who could be that guy, um, as we mentioned, uh, as Mallory mentioned. But as far as like guys who are like, yeah, this has a future top 10, top five guy, we don't know, right? There's a lot of gifted athletes going on that right now just need to kind of put it on the field. Um, and with that, I'll pass it off to Mallory and I have a I have a wrench to throw at the end that we'll do one more of but uh Mallory who's your offensive player um I'll kind of stick here with the Texas train and I'll go wide receiver Xavier Worthy I think I would probably build okay. my offensive off him last year 760 yards nine touchdowns um only building off of his sophomore year he's still pretty young and even with a more improved and advanced quarterback and Quinn Ewers there at the helm over there I think that Xavier Worthy is bound to have a probably an even more exciting and he's going to burst out this year I think as well so I'll I hope four, yeah like, four, four out of six Longhorns yeah, seriously, yeah I know great. right <laughs> um I mean uh, to, to 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 piggyback off of that like Worthy I feel like as we saw last year I guess let's say the, the his freshman year, we kind of burst onto the scene, right? You have mm -hmm. a Casey Thompson, you have a Hudson card who are, who had reps under their belt, Casey Thompson more so at the time. Um, but he showed how comfortable he was when he just had a quarterback who kind of, you know, was used to the speed Understood of the college the game. Right, right. Yeah. And like last year, I think it's no surprise to me that his inconsistencies came when he was with a quarterback who did not, consistently gel with him right away right um yours a lot of the time had to divert to uh jt sanders a lot um another guy who probably could have been on this list as well um uh, to build around and i think yeah i think that the speed of the college game don't get me wrong he definitely underperformed i'm not trying to defend his drops he had some he had some bad drops he had some bad misses but i think that overall He's a he's a guy who may have those mistakes in him, but he's still a game breaker wide receiver who has that upside talent. He's probably the best. I mean, outside of Evan Stewart, probably the best uh, deep ball guy in in the state right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's something to be said about just playing with a quarterback who's now caught up to the game, now matured a year and season. So, all right, before we get to our like overall discussion about pitching, which one of our teams will be the best? Mallory, we're doing the snake draft again. Who are you picking to coach this team? 
Oh, I thought you were going to be like, all right, punter, go. <laughs> <laughs> ready for it. Davis O'Kelly, like, got him. Like, Texas oh, State, man, baby. dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Probably Jeff Trailer. <laughs> I'm going to steal whoever's going to steal Jeff Trailer just because I think he's a generational <laughs> coach. And I just love that guy to death. I think he could coach any team in the state of Texas and be successful. So I'm going Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer. Okay. I mean, for the sake of not also picking their head coach and Steve Sarkeesian. I'm going to pick somebody else because like in a vacuum, yeah, you want the guy who coaches quarterbacks to coach Quinn Ewers and all that. Sure. Yes. But I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, with, I'm going to go John McGuire. Um, a guy who, here's the thing. If I'm not going to get the guy that's going to scheme around Quinn Ewers to make him the best quarterback and personally develop him. I want a guy who can hire the guy and who knows how to hire the guy, right? He knows how to build a staff. He's not necessarily a quote unquote traditional X's and O's coach, but one, we know Joey McGuire loves defense and regardless, right? That's his background. Um, but he also knows how to make the right hires. I think the tech staff, people talk about Joey McGuire, but I don't think a lot of people outside of our office really talk enough about the tech staff that he's built. And so if I'm hiring a guy to make, put the right, people in position to get the most out of these players. I'm going with Joey McGuire to make sure that I got the right coordinators to get the right uh, position coaches, recruiting guys, et cetera, et cetera. And then building the roster around these guys to, to then take my team forward. So Craven, who do you got? Sonny Dykes, TCU. Okay. Um, I mean, you look at the last 20 years, 40, 30, 40 years of Louisiana tech football. The best time period is when Sonny was there. Uh, you look at SMU is the best time was when Sonny is there since the death penalty, right? And then he gets TCU with a bunch of talent on that roster and goes 12-0, beats Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl and gets to a national championship game. And so, you know, Jimbo is the only one in the state with the national championship ring. Uh, you know, clearly not going to pick not going to pick that. And so, you know, next up in terms of of achievements is, is probably Sonny. You know, like Sark's up there as well just because of his offensive mind. He was an offensive coordinator for national championship teams. I mean, he's never won 10 games in his nine years as a head coach. He's never won a conference title uh, in nine years as a head coach. Sonny Dykes has won over 10 games before. He's won a conference title before, albeit, you know, back at La Tech. And so, you know, you take away Cal, and I'm going to blame Cal on Cal, right? Like, you know, and so. History's you know, proven that to be more correct than. Right. Than like, I think that's more of a Cal thing than a Sonny thing. And so, you know, if trailer's gone, I think I think my next pick would be would be Sonny. Okay. I like that pick. I do like that pick. Um as we mentioned, I mean, history's kind of proven itself. I mean, Cal's kind of sticking with Justin Wilcox just for the sake of doing it. I don't know. Um, there's really nothing to really hold on to there for them. Um, and he's and he gave them their most successful period basically since Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Like they're, they're they haven't been a necessarily a stellar program since then. All right. So lastly, to wrap up your final pitch as to let me let me recap for everybody. Uh, Mike has, and I'll let Mike go first. There was a snake draft. Keep it going. Uh, Mike has Kelvin Banks, tackle from Texas. Josh Newton, defensive back from TCU, coached by Sonny Dykes. I have Quinn Ewers, quarterback from Texas. Jalen Ford, linebacker from Texas, coached by Joey McGuire. Mallory has Xavier Worthy from Texas and Shamar Stewart from AM, coached by Jeff Trailer. Who is, I mean, final pitch, Mike Craven, why is your team the best? Why is your coach the best? And why should, because we're going to put this on Twitter, I'm deciding right now, uh, why should people vote for your team as the one to to build around? Yeah, well, from the third pole position, I, I still got the probably the highest draft pick of the, the nine players we chose. If we flash forward this to a couple of years on the offensive side of the ball, 
Uh, I could make an argument. I'm going to have the highest draft pick on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, you know, your, your tone is set up front in the trenches and we have, you know, the best offensive or defensive lineman. I mean, he may literally, he may win like awards by the time he, he gets out of here, right? Like Kelvin Banks is a legit top 10 NFL draft pick. Uh, and Josh Newton's the best cover corner in the state. So I'm, I'm going to feel pretty good about that. Even if the Twitter, I don't need, I, I, it's like the, y'all watch Rick and Morty. It's like, I don't need your validation. I see what you, what excites you, you know, like I don't need, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, so I, I know who the one winner is here. Yeah. Okay. Um. But okay. For me, I mean, I mentioned it, right. Everybody loves the prototypical quarterback mold. Right. For what people claim, for what people hyped about, oh, hype about Arch Manning and this and that, the tools, just taking tools, Quinn Ewers is up here. Right. There's a reason why people rated him as the best quarterback of the of, of a generation, probably since Andrew Luck. Coming into college, right? That's what he was as a junior. I'm I'm saying get last year's rust off. All of a sudden, you have him with a coach that can hire the right guy. Is it Zach Kittley? Probably not. Probably a little more vertical of a coach that you probably want to put next to him. But regardless, you get him somebody who can stretch the field, can tune up a lot of the inconsistencies with his footwork, all that stuff that he had last year. And then Jalen Ford, you just put a veteran guy back there, upperclassman, best, arguably the best defensive player in the Big 12, and you say, make that middle of the defense work, right? If we have a weak defensive line, you're going to be the one to fix it. If we have a secondary that kind of needs some help, you're going to drop back a little bit, not necessarily play safety or anything like that, but you're going to help out with the with the, some some of the, the middle coverage there. You have kind of a safety blanket there, patrolling, make sure everybody's in the right position. I think Joey McGuire would absolutely love Jalen Ford, somebody like that, that he can just like count on and just say, yeah, he's my captain. He's my guy. He's the vocal coach of this defense. Um, now I could like, you could go anywhere as far as like offense goes. I can go short, big receiver, a speedy receiver. I can go wherever you want. Um, you got to make sure the offensive line obviously is going to be at a little bit of, of an issue. You know, you got to make sure that Quinn Ewers isn't running for his life, but I don't know, running back, you can go a little bit of a receiving running back. You can build so much around Quinn Ewers when you have a quarterback who has all the tools that he does. So there's my pitch. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. my team is I think is the best. I think I've definitely, there's no doubt. I think I definitely have one of the best offensive players in the state. And then I've got one of the best defensive players in the state, but I don't think that's why you should vote for me. I think you should vote for me because I have Jeff trailer at the helm who wouldn't want a coach that can still be successful on their third string offensive line. Do y'all remember that last year? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And he was still successful at it. I mean, I think a couple of, I think there were a couple of third string offensive linemen that were plugged in during the conference USA championship against UNT and they still came out successful. I want a coach that can do that. And I think he could do that with any team. So there's my pitch. <laughs> okay. I like it. That I like good. it. So there you go. All right. We're going to put this on Twitter and Craven's going to assume he won no matter what. So it doesn't matter for him. Well, so that's because uh, Mallory's going to win no matter what. That's true. Very true. So what I'm saying is if you're going to vote for Craven, he doesn't care. So vote for me instead. <laughs> so I need to vote be for me because I'm a girl. Yeah. So there's my pitch, we, actually. <laughs> we need to beat Mallory somehow. So that's how we're going to do this. OK, um, but there's our pitches. Uh, let us know if we're wrong. Let us know. Oh, you forgot this guy. You forgot our third string tight end because he's actually my nephew and he's actually really good. So I don't know. There's all these excuses people come up with. Um, actually, Taj Brooks. I like Taj Brooks, but like actually you forgot a running back. So therefore, that's the one that should be 
on the team, whatever. I don't care. Like Craven said, put your own two. Go with your own two. Let's see your teams. Let's see your teams. See your coach who you got running the show. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for us. I mean, quick show, nothing crazy this week. I mean, this is it's what you get in May. You know, this is what you get. Uh, <laughs> as you can listen, if you listen to any of the other shows going on right now, when it comes to football content on uh, Republic of Football Network, I mean, when it comes to football content, just kind of fishing around, man. We're just kind of seeing what's out there. And uh-huh. yeah, you'll get more some, some more stuff like this probably. Um, especially now the magazine's wrapping up. We're doing a lot of editing and last minute stuff. We got, I guess by the time you hear this, a week and a half, just over a week and a half by the time uh, we go to press. So it's it's here, man. All our, all our content's in and we're just doing a lot of uh, redlining and and checks. We're excited to introduce this thing to y'all. So yeah, that'll do it for us, for Craven, Mallory, I'm Ishmael Johnson, Jimbo Fisher, of course. We've talked to all 12 I'm going to start saying 12 because 13, I don't know why we can count them right now. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, please come on. We've talked to 12 of the 13 FBS head coaches. Go Rutgers, all that jazz. And we'll talk to you guys next week.